When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, Podbean, Spotify. Those work on both Apple or Android. You can try Google Podcasts for Android, iTunes for Apple. Also check out my new show on onsideradio.com. That's every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. We'll be going to two hours soon. A lot of Five Reasons guests. We cover more than just the heat, although today I did two segments on the heat. So we do a lot of that there as well also we're on dash radio that's the nothing but net channel we are with this show download the dash radio app search for nothing but net and you will find us there every day from 7 p.m we just renewed it that is going to be our time for the season also five reasonsports.com spell it out f-i-v-e reasonsports.com all the latest free content we do not charge you we do not put anything behind a paywall what we do though is we link up with some great sponsors and one of them i've eh, i will say i've gotten a little bit addicted to this it's you know it, it is what it is I've, I've done pretty well lately it's mybookie.ag this is our official gambling partner here at the five reason sports network again mybookie.ag every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season it's about how you finish and mybookie 2020 finishes strong with nfl college football and the return that's right. Coming up tomorrow. That's what we're talking about here. NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first from December 21st to 26. My bookies hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, and blackjack tournaments with huge cash prizes. And it's all week long. To get in on the action, it's simple. Sign up, make your first deposit, enter the promo code five on the floor, spell it out, F-I-V-E, on the floor to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies head over to mybookie.ag to discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions and win big with six days of giveaways this holiday season bet the best with my bookie try the live betting it's a lot of fun you, you don't have a reason to watch a game anymore yeah check in in the second quarter bet it live uh see if you can play the action maybe even the other way again that's mybookie.ag the code is five on the floor and now today's episode one two three four five on the floor Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander with me. May have Alex Toledo, but likely just myself and Greg. We're going to do our official season preview here on five on the floor. There will be another one on the YouTube channel with some of the other casts of characters from five reasons, sports, Royal Shepherd, some of the other guys. So make sure that you check that out on our YouTube channel. We're getting damn close to 10,000 subscribers. So just subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything and you'll get all of our free content. But I also did a preview pod with Eric Reed. You can check that one out with Tony Fiorentino. You can check that one out. And of course, just did a big episode with Howard Beck on the James Harden situation. Now we are not going to focus Greg to hear much on James Harden. Right now, he's not a member of the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are coming off an NBA Finals appearance. They're pretty damn good in their own right. They've got everybody back except Derek Jones Jr. and Jay Crowder, essentially, and Solomon Hill. They've replaced them with Precious Achua, with uh, Mo Harkless, and also with Avery Bradley. 
we're going to go through five themes here in our season preview for the Miami Heat. So let's start here with number one. What do you think is the most likely starting lineup for this season, Greg? First, let me start by saying it is so nice that we are actually going to have a basketball podcast where we start to lean into basketball and not transactions. I think that I know that fans love that and I, we all love chasing some of that. Um, but to a certain degree, it's nice that we're not going to talk about James Harden on this podcast. Uh, starting lineup. It's an interesting question. I feel like uh, there's been so much uncertainty surrounding how Spolstra was going to approach uh, replacing Jay Crowder and would he go back to maybe a bigger lineup that included Myers Leonard with the commitment that they made to him, even for one year, $9 million is allocating quite a bit of cap in that direction, but all indications from my perspective is we will see Tyler hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo and Mo Harkless to start the season tomorrow. I or, think that's, I think today, if you're hearing this, if you're hearing this today, right. When they yeah. open in Orlando and then obviously uh, the home opener on uh, coming, coming up on Friday on Christmas against new Orleans. Um, and there is by the way, a, an Eastern conference champions banner that's already up there. So you may see it on television. There's only going to be media there. Alex and myself will be there on Christmas, but I, I'm with you on the initial starting lineup. I think that is what it's going to be. I, I do think to a certain extent, Spolster was investigating how Harkless and Bam look together. We know Harkless kept getting in foul trouble. I don't think they're going to get away from it this early in the season. Would it stun me if Casey Akpala is the starter? No. And Eric Reed basically said that on our podcast, and he was right about Kendrick Nunn starting last year. So that's a possibility. I do think, though, we've nailed the other four. I, I would be surprised at this point if – Let's put it this way. I would be surprised if Tyler Hero does not start. Um, I, I think that you and I talked about this during the bubble, even before his breakout. But if you're going to give him additional responsibility, he's going to benefit from it. He is a guy who responds to that extremely well. And so I, I think that, you know, he's basically entering his third season in a way. We've talked about that, too. This is the next next natural progression. And the other part of this is, First, I think it makes your team better, ultimately, with him growing into the role. But additionally, it makes him a better trade asset. And we're not going to talk a lot about trades here, but it's a little bit easier to suggest we're going to move a starter who's averaging 17 or 18 than we're going to move a bench player who's actually our second bench guard behind Goran Dragic. I don't expect that Dragic is going to be a starter. Um, I think that it's more about sort of managing him until the end of the season. Similarly, try to keep him around 25 minutes. He could be a starter in the playoffs, but the hope is that if you have this group, the Tyler Hero is that player, and you don't need another one because he's taking on more ball handling responsibilities. With Hero, Bam, and Butler, I think they have enough uh, distributors in the starting lineup. I think Hero has passed none to a degree as a distributor, even though he was more the two guard and none was more the one when they played together before. And so it's a natural fit. So that is my anticipation. Would I be stunned if Avery Bradley starts? No, but I'm not expecting it. And I do think Duncan Robinson starts. I don't think there's a compelling reason to take him out of the starting no, lineup. The closing line, the closing lineup is a different conversation. Very true. And the other thing with Tyler Hero is that 
Yes, uh, you want to obviously raise trade value and all of the things that you mentioned. But here's the other thing. Like, what if all of a sudden he averages 22 a game or 21 a game? Like, you might fall into a situation where you're also getting a peek at the trajectory and how quick he's going to ascend. So I think that just all the way around, it just makes a ton of sense for Hero to slot in uh, as a starting guard on opening night. Do you anticipate a chance for anybody else other than Harkless or Akpala as a starter. Cause I, I do feel even if Harkless starts, he's a placeholder until KZ or precious is ready, but would you be stunned? I think we're ruling out Myers right now because I, if he didn't go back to it right away, I don't think he's going to, but again, that wouldn't totally stun me, but would you be stunned if precious is a starter? No, I wouldn't be stunned. Actually. I feel like uh, when Spolstra made a comment recently about he's had the best practice that we've seen from him. Um, sometimes those little comments that come out, uh, they, they don't always necessarily lead to tangible differences in decision-making from a rotation or starting perspective, but they could be alluding to something. And, and he has shown flashes of a player that they hope will be able to fit next to Bam. So it wouldn't surprise me because honestly, like when Kendrick Nunn dropped in the starting lineup last year, that was a pretty big surprise to everybody. So from that point forward, we can't discount any one of these guys leapfrogging into the starting lineup. Myers, it is a little bit weird. I think that from the fans' perspective too, Goran Dragic, us not really even going there, probably seems a little off, mm -hmm. but that'll get, when we get to closing lineups, I think that that could change. But uh, I just don't see any situation where they abandon the heartless fit yet because kind of they sold him on coming and and figuring that out what's interesting as we get to number two here is when i talk to a pretty high ranking heat official i know a lot of people are using that phrase now about starting lineup and closing lineup he said he's more sure about what eric's going to do as a starting lineup than what he's going to do about a closing lineup which surprised me a little bit because i thought there'd be more uncertainty about about the starting lineup so let's get to number two the closing lineup Let's just take it at face value that your two best players are going to close Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio. So let's put them to the side. You look at what happened in the bubble. Jay Crowder was closing a lot of that time. Um, you obviously had Goran Dragic was closing all those games, something he didn't necessarily do during the season. Tyler hero was closing games or played more fourth quarter minutes than anybody else on the Miami heat. Avery Bradley at times during his career has been a closing player. Harkless, not so much. Um, I don't think it'll be Myers. I don't think it would be Olenek, except in special circumstances. We have kind of not really talked a lot about Andre Iguodala uh, other than as a trade chip for his contract, but he closed a lot of games or at least was part of the closing group of seven that Spolstra deployed. How do you see this? This is out? a confusing one and it's going to change a lot and it'll probably be a different closing lineup in December than it is in, in February. And, you know, as we go down the calendar, but you know, at face value, if you're asking me for a closing lineup today on December 22nd, I'm going to go with five guys that were in the finals recently. So I would say like Goran, Tyler, Duncan, Jimmy, and Bam is good for me. But I know that like this is where this gets tricky because as you get into matchups and you start to see what works and what doesn't, and we saw what Spolstra leaned into in the bubble, it, you have to ask yourself, okay, so the Jay Crowder player, like the player that does what Jay did defensively, 
defensively and stretching the floor and having size and strength and stuff like that. Who fits that role? And the five guys I just mentioned, although they're all seasoned finals participants, none of them fit the Jay Crowder role. So, so that's where this starts to, you, you have to kind of bend the, the way that I think about it. And it's, it's difficult at this point. Like the, the fan in me wants to say KZ Akpala rises to the occasion and is the guy you've plugged in at the four. And uh, then you have Goran and Tyler and, and Jimmy and Bam. And then obviously if Duncan can stay on the floor, I would love to have him on the court as a closer, but you know, that that's been kind of touch and go, but that that's kind of where I'm at right now. It, it's, it's a difficult question at this point. So I'm leaning into the guys that I know. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I think that look, Tyler hero is going to be one of them because if you trusted him last year, you're going to trust him this year. I think his defense would have to be horrific to be taken out of this group. So we've got three, but then beyond that, Duncan Robinson, it seems to me, is going to be game to game. It's going to, I think it's how he's officiated, to be honest. I think it's can, it, it, can he get his, his, himself to a point where the officials respect him enough that he can be left on the floor at the end of games? Because you would rather have his spacing than not. You'd rather have his shooting with Hero. But if he can't defend and Hero can't defend, it's very difficult to throw out a Robinson Hero Dragic yes. lineup, <laughs> right? With Bam and Jimmy. You're just asking Bam and Jimmy to do too much, even if. You've got defensive substitutions, perhaps, and Harkless and Bradley and Casey Akpala uh, and some of the others that you've got and Iguodala. So I just think it's, it's uh, you know, I think it's a challenge um, to, for Eric to kind of figure it out game to game because I do think he's going to want to keep at least two of those shooters. And so the guy who probably is going to be off the floor is Duncan because I, I just think he, Dragic is going to be in there as an additional ball handler with Hero. You're hoping that Hero can improve enough defensively. Bam and Jimmy. And then the fifth, to me, is going to be a defender. And I think this is where it's possible. And I know this sounds weird. It's possible that Casey Akpala is not a starter, but he's a closer. Yeah. Precious um, too. Right? Precious if, too. If, precious too. If they can defend, because I do think precious is going to get to a point above KO uh, pretty quickly in terms of being a guy that they trust late in games because of his defense, because you can switch him out on various people because he'll be another deterrent at the rim because of the rebounding. Uh, but, you know, again, it's going to come down to trust. I think the biggest thing we've seen from Precious and we saw from KZ is the moments don't seem too big for him, for either of them. And that is why, and I know it's just preseason, but this was their proving ground and they showed something, both of them in different ways. That's what Eric evaluates these decisions on. And so my, my feeling for closing lineup is Hero, Dragic, Bam, and Butler. I don't think it's going to be Duncan most times unless they're behind. And I think it's going to be one other defender, it may be Harkless early in the season, but I don't think that stays. It could be Bradley, um, and you go with three guards, particularly as teams size down. But I think in a lot of cases, it could be KZ or it could be Precious. And if it is Duncan, what then that means a lot of things went really right for him this year, and that'll be a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. All right, when we come back, we're going to get to the third piece of this. Um, and we're going to, and, and kind of in our preview as we build to the 2021 season, again, I recommend that you check out the Eric Reed pod as well. And the Tony Fiorentino pod about some, what some of the young guys need to do, but we are going to cover that next here after this word from Manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do I want to tell you about another, of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, you know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that. The Knicks are no good. Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. 
So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast. And just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with Greg Sylvander on five on the floor. Let's get to the next part of this. And, And this is what I was talking about with the young players. Which young player is going to break out most from last year? I'm not saying who's going to be their best young player, but who has the most room of growth for growth for this season and is going to fulfill it? Is it, and here's some options. Is it Bam going from all-star to consensus top 10, top 12 player? Is it Tyler Hero going from bench guy to starter averaging 17 plus on fairly decent efficiency and playing those fourth quarter minutes? Is it Duncan Robinson maintaining what he did from three, but adding the mid-range game and becoming a playable defender? Is it Kendrick Nunn surprising a lot of people, re-emerging in the rotation, maybe even the starting lineup, and making a progression as a passer and a defender where his offense is something that you can use on the court? Is it Casey Akpala going from the G League to somebody who, as I'm mentioning, is potential starter, potential end of game? Or is it, there's a lot of guys, or is it Precious Achua just simply as a rookie defying the odds in a year with no summer league, with no NCAA tournament, with no conference tournaments, and becoming a rotation player for the Heat? Which of those jumps do you think is most likely? I love how you frame that up, actually, because if we just did this off percentage increase versus prior year, it's Casey Akpala or Precious because they barely contributed. So I'm glad that you kind of unpacked this in a way where you're providing the context related to each guy. And as you did that exercise, you know, my initial thought was always going to be the guy that takes the leap here is Tyler Hero, because I mean, you say 17 plus on on good percentages. I, I think he could get to 20 points per game this year. I, I, I really see that kind of jump from him. And I don't know where that puts him, you know, from a category perspective or a ranking perspective league wide. But as you just went through that list, I have to say the BAM jump from being uh, an all-star level player to a consensus top 10 guy, that might be the move. That may be the one actually that I think I would, uh, I would think is probably the, the leader in the clubhouse followed closely by Tyler. But if we're mm-hmm. just doing percentage increase, Casey Akpala is probably going to, uh, you know, contribute a lot more than he did last year, but just by virtue of no playing time. Yeah, KZ is the one I might throw in the mix there. I'm going with Hero. I, I think that uh, what Bam did this past year, which is what Hero is trying to replicate this year, is actually, in my view, the not that it's easy, 
it's the easier thing than what Bam is trying to do this year, which is to go from a guy who was not on everybody's scouting reports in the same way early in the season to somebody who showed up on all the scouting reports, but now an entire offseason uh, to prepare for him and the way he plays, which is different than other bigs. He's now been named a top 15 player by most of these services. He's gotten the max contract. That jump to earning it every night is tougher, in my view. Then Tyler Hero, who basically can play pretty free. He's on the same contract. He's getting more responsibility. Nothing seems to bother him. And he's going to get a bigger role, at least in terms of minutes, I believe. And so I think the usage jump and also resting Dragic at times, okay? And whereas with Bam, you may have someone in Precious who can take some of his minutes and kind of get him through the season, which they didn't necessarily have last year. They still have Myers and KO on the roster. So basically you're replacing Chris Silva with Precious, and he's probably a more useful player terms of soaking up some minutes and just being you know asked to do one or two different things that's why i think that leap is harder for bam to get his numbers up percentage wise the same as he did from you know 2018 2019 to 2019 2020 whereas hero it's simply a usage and playing time jump and a starting jump and i and i think you know jimmy backing off more offensively jump and I think that a lot of that offense goes to hero. I think Dragic takes a little bit of a step back, at least until the postseason. So I, I would say Tyler one KZ two, then maybe bam. And I think precious is in that mix also somewhere. I'm, I am completely convinced on Tyler. You did a great job of convincing me. I, uh, I should have gone with my gut initially with that one. It's just, I, I, I believe that bam is not one of those guys that is going to, and, and there's no indication that anything has been even close to this rest on his laurels and, and just enjoy the max contract or not be able to kind of seize that moment. So I see it coming, but, but to your point, it may be a, a kind of a maturation process where in two, three years, we're looking at Bam as a guy that's a perennial top 10 player, not necessarily next year, whereas Tyler has the every opportunity to make that jump now. So I'm sold. I'm sold. Are you sold? All right. So that's good. I sold someone on something this week and we, we, you know, the other thing I'd like to sell is more sponsorship. So hopefully I'll be as successful with that. Here's another one. These are our friends over at Seltzer Mayberg, uh, David and Mendy and Eric and Cassandra and everybody down there and Joe, their office based right there in North Miami, right off of I-95. They handle all kinds of cases. We kind of steer you there because I've had a lot of success with them on this. And this is something a lot of people deal with, not just the slip and falls, but also, car accidents, traffic tickets. They can take care of all of that for you. They do it at a really good price and they just take it off your plate, which is the biggest thing. You don't want the hassle. They'll go through it with you, how you eliminate the points, how we get this thing thrown out. Again, they had a couple of my situations, rightly so, thrown out. So check them out at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, they're there all the time. Mention five reasons you get the special treatment down there from everybody the Seltzer Mayberg law firm. All right, let's get to number four here. We talked about the young players. Now, one of those young players, there's some crossover here because we just talked about him, but let's throw this out there. I said who on Twitter, who will be the Heat's MVP this season? More than 60% Bam, roughly 30% Jimmy, and 10% somebody else. I assume that's Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero. I think it's unlikely um, because of Dragic's minutes and age at this point and because I don't know that Tyler's at that stage. Uh, so let's talk about Bam and Jimmy. It's kind of a question, who was the Heat's best player, most important player last year? Like we used to talk about Chris Bosh being the most important player. You can make a certain case for Bam Adebayo as the most important player last year. 
I think once we got into the finals and we saw who had to carry the team, it became pretty clear who the Heat's best player was. And I think even this offseason, we've seen as highly ranked as Bam is, Jimmy is ranked higher. So I'm still have Jimmy there from last year. But this year, the potential of some load management for Jimmy, which he doesn't seem totally against, the again, the possibility of Bam adding elements to his game. I don't agree with this unnamed scout who was quoted by Bleacher Report or something saying that Jimmy's has no more upside. I think he, I simply, if he could just become a decent mid range oh shooter gosh, again, yeah. that's tremendous. Up, right, right. That's tremendous upside. And I don't think that his defense is going to slip precipitously. I don't think his ability to get to the line is going to drop precipitously. And those are the two biggest things he brought last year. Putting you on the spot though, their best player this year will be it'll be Bam Adebayo. Um, but and because there's always the caveat here is that in crunch time and in the playoffs, this is going to be Jimmy Butler's show. They're going to go to him. They trust him. He is the alpha number one lead dog on this team. There's no doubt about that. But for all the reasons you mentioned, and particularly the fact that Bam just got that max extension, and I know that he is going to want to live up to that, not only from an effort and just all the intangible stuff, but statistically as well, uh, they also uh, – Bam Adebayo's availability uh, leans into him being probably a player that will be looked at as their best player throughout the season. But when, when the bleep hits the fan and it's game five on the road, or they need a bucket late, something like that, it's going to be all Jimmy Butler. So ultimately this is still Jimmy's team, regardless of who the best player is. Here's what I'll say on this. If Bam Adebayo is the best player on the Miami heat this year, something's gone right. It's like you said, like, you want that to happen. Like that's what is supposed to happen over the course of Jimmy's contract is that others, whether they're homegrown or brought in, allow him to take a lesser role and focus on very specific things instead of having to do everything. So if Bam Adebayo is there is recognized as their best player this year, this team has taken another jump with that being said, I don't think the gap closes that much this season. And particularly, I think it widens again, once you get to the playoffs, I just think from by force of personality, Agreed. And leadership, it's like you said, it's still Jimmy and it's still Jimmy's team. He's still the lightning rod taking the bullets for everybody else. That is what Bam will grow into. But, you know, the reality is we always feel like a guy's going to grow into that leadership thing. We've seen growth from Bam and obviously his relationships around the league. But like I look at a guy like Chris Bosh, OK, you know, Chris is one of the greatest guys in the world. OK, to deal with uh, more interest than pretty any, any, any NBA player will ever come across. Well liked by his teammates. But there were times he was the voice of the big yeah, three team. He, I, rem- he, I remember him getting pissed in the 13-14 in the season, a game in New Orleans. Okay, another game Dwayne didn't play. But really, he never became that. No. It was never his personality. And that just might – Bam, you know, in terms of personality, is probably closer to Bosch than any other great in Miami Heat history. And obviously, they've developed a relationship. So I, I still feel like it may – it's in Jimmy. We know that. It may not be in BAM, especially at 23 years old. And that's why, I, to me, your best player is the player that everybody else follows. I still think it's Jimmy by a hair. Yeah, no, you said it as as well as it could be said. Uh, Jimmy is going to be the heart and soul. And not everybody leads like Jimmy. Chris Bosh doesn't lead like Jimmy. You know, to be really honest with you, LeBron James doesn't always lead like like Jimmy does. No, it, no. It's, a, it's a rare no, form. No, Dwayne didn't of, lead like Jimmy either. I mean, you're Dwayne, right. That's a great I mean, point. Dwayne didn't want to lead a lot of the time. He, he, didn't, he didn't want to deal with it. Okay, but behind the scenes you know, when they had a meeting in, in Dallas at nine and eight in 2011, it was Dwayne who stood up and led that meeting. Like there were times he would do it, 
but he didn't really like doing it. And LeBron doesn't really, LeBron wants to be liked. He didn't want to be feared by his teammates. He wanted to be liked. They've never really, I mean, the one, the only guy they've really ever had in the Jimmy style we've talked about it is Zoe. I mean, Shaq wasn't in that style, but Zoe was the guy like Zoe made the decisions about when they practice, how they were going to practice. And you had the Timmy, you know, group of which mash was not a part. And you had the Zoe group and Timmy and Zoe clicked, but their styles of leadership were so different. You know, Jimmy, uh, you know, t- Tim had the edge in that way, but he wasn't, you know, you weren't following Tim for his workout regimen, but yeah, you were not following the sweat Zoe. equity. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they put a look, I mean, to be honest, and I love Tim, they put a fat clause in his contract, right. In addition to a, a, a an assist to turnover clause that that three to one thing that drove him crazy. So Dr. Had, Jack used to talk about that so much. Oh my God. Well, the best thing is I, I love when broadcasters always go back to their stuff. Cause we had Tony on and within the first six minutes, Tony was talking about bam and blocking the shot inbounds. And I'm just, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like on brand, <laughs> on brand Royal and I, I were laughing about it off air because we're like that is such a tony thing but it is that's one of tony's things but i i think it remains um i think it remains uh jimmy butler for now all right we're gonna get to our last part here of the podcast we always appreciate all of our local sponsors that includes our friend louis peters you got to check him out at louispeters.com l-u-i-s peters.com he just did my car insurance uh he just got me three hundred dollars off for six months with State Farm, which as you know, is best of brand. So make sure that you check out louispeters.com. He's based right there in Miami. Uh, He's a big, 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 big Miami sports fan, but the best way to get him again, louispeters.com. Uh, you can also uh, you can check that out 24 hours a day. This isn't just audio and auto insurance. Of course, they also do life insurance so they can check that out for you. Do they homeowners insurance, renters insurance, any kind of insurance that you need. Go to louispeters.com. Dot com l-u-i-s peters.com and tell them when you get there that five reasons sent you i just sent a couple people there this week and again he saved the money and he was honest when he said he told me six months ago i was going to go over to him he's like i don't have a deal for you right now came back in six months he had a deal so check him out our friend louis peters at louispeters.com all right so let's get to the last part of this what kind of team is this going to be uh last year i had them pegged as a three or four seed in the eastern conference they would have yeah. been that Probably you were on it from day one. If, if not for the stoppage, I don't think a lot of people were there this year. I'm just going to throw it out there. They're a two seed. Um, I said this on onsideradio.com today. I still think as a regular season entity, Milwaukee is the best team in the conference. I, I think they are built for the regular season. You know, Giannis playing the 32 minutes during the regular season doesn't seem to affect them. I think Drew holiday will help them. They're going, they may not be as good as last year during the regular season because that would be hard to replicate, but I think they're one. But when I look at all the other teams in the East, Boston, losing players in their front, uh, losing Gordon Hayward, adjusting in the front court. We'll see how that goes with Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. I'm not thoroughly impressed. Brooklyn, I think that there's going to be a lot of load management of their two top players and Kyrie will get hurt eventually. They've got to integrate all those guards. If they, again, we're not really talking about Harden here, but I think I like their team, but I don't think that they're going to get off to a better start than the Heat. I mentioned Boston, Toronto, you know, Aaron Baines will help them. There's going to be an integration period there unless they get Siakam back to his previous level and Ananobi takes another jump. I don't really think there's another jump to take for Van Vliet. And I do wonder if Lowry goes the other direction uh, a little bit here at what age 35, 36. So uh, to me, I think Miami's ahead of those teams. I still think they're ahead of Philadelphia. I think they're in Philly's head a little bit. 
And I definitely think they're ahead of Indiana, even with Sabonis back, because I don't even know that Oladipo is going to make it to the, to the trade deadline. So I have them second in the Eastern Conference. Where do you have them? I think two is about right, two or three. I think that there's always the chance that one of the teams you just mentioned clicks a little quicker than usual, or maybe they didn't have as big of a shakeup. Like Philadelphia comes to mind as a team that uh, they still have their two pillars and Tobias Harris, and they changed the the tertiary parts of the roster. And who knows, maybe that clicks a little quicker than than it than expected with with improved shooting around those guys, and they get off to a better start. There's also the chance of a of a KD Kyrie duo, kind of maybe trying to. Um, get out in front of some early season victories so that they can load manage later on where you kind of get an indication that a team can get overwhelming, but there's going to be growing pains and you can poke holes and all. So I'm saying two to a three seed uh, because of the fact that it, the continuity of the roster and we're assuming relative health with all these teams, uh, I think two or three. And because uh, you uh, so eloquently uh, broke it down, let's just land it two. So we're going to land it too. And I think for most people that would be optimistic. I think for the national media, be optimistic, but I think there's enough room for growth with some of these guys. I do think that the heat are going to push their team. They have the depth to push their team a little bit during the regular season. I don't know that Brooklyn's going to do that. I also wonder some of these situations, like I said, I think Indiana and Toronto in particular could decide to take steps back, whether it's trading Lowry or trading Oladipo that would change the composition of their teams. I'm not ruling either of those teams out because they've both overachieved, particularly Toronto, but and Philadelphia, I, to me, they're still more dangerous as a playoff entity if they get things together. I don't know during the regular season if Embiid and Simmons are going to play enough games, if they're going to play enough games together, if they're going to take it seriously enough. You know, Danny Green's getting up there in age a little bit. Seth Curry's got to adjust to a new role. I like some of the things that they did. I think Maury's got it under control to a degree that Elton Brand, who's still in the front office, did not. But I still think Miami's ahead of them. And so it really just leaves Miami and Brooklyn. And Boston. And like I said, I think could Brooklyn take off with the way KD looks? Yes. Is it really in their interest to bust it for 72? Probably not, particularly Durant. And then you look at Boston. Tatum has to take another huge leap, I think. or Because yeah. I think Jalen Brown, we've kind of seen what he is as a player, and it's really good. But I don't think the leap is there. And I don't think I kept managing Kemba's health all year is going to be a problem. Yeah. Managing health. Like this is the other part of this. Like will home court matter that much? And we don't know. So like that's going to also impact decision-making. And I know that there's been this, the kind of stance that the NBA has taken about not sitting guys, but if there's going to be no fans in the stands and, and home court is not that big of a factor, it'll, it, I think that that also will play into how much teams, push no doubt all right so check out all of our sponsors mybookie.ag use the code five on the floor they got a great match going over there manscape.com use the code five rsn i know we give you a lot of codes five rsn to save 20 percent off seltzer mayberg law firm at onecalllegal.com particularly if you got traffic traffic incidents and of course if you've had some traffic tickets reach out to louispeters.com see what he can do about your rate for your car insurance so check him out at louispeters.com over at state farm we will be back after game one. Also going to be streams. We're not stopping the streams, but we're going to have pod streams. We're going from the very beginning of the season. So jump on board with us. If you want to sponsor, reach out to me at five reason sports on DM. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five Reasons sports network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.